President Trump will sign an executive order to suspend immigration into the United States. When asked if this was in response to the coronavirus pandemic, President Trump responded, the what now? In Instagram. <laughs> Due to cleaning and disinfecting, accidental poisoning is on the rise, which is what I told that cop who was asking too many questions. Some stimulus checks may be delayed because President Trump is requiring the U.S. Treasury to print his name on them. Fortunately, the Treasury was able to talk him out of also using an image of him hugging the American flag. And finally, reports are circulating that North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is in poor health, but it is difficult to verify because of the level of secrecy North Korea operates under and also the fact that it's hard to differentiate between him right now and when he's actually claiming to be healthy. The Trump Report starts now. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Welcome to the Trump Report. Here we are, uh, social distancing as always, and uh, I have, uh, I've thought this uh, a few times. I don't know if I ever want to go back to doing it the old way. As much as I love seeing all of you in person, to just not have to leave my house you know, it's, uh, and by the way, I live five minutes from the studio. It's just the idea of having to drive those five minutes. I'm just like, can I, you know, and, and I also, I, I need to invest in uh, just fake collars. And so I can wear t-shirts and it looks like I have a collared shirt on because if you're watching on YouTube right now, it really, it doesn't matter. I don't even know why I did it. But in any case, I'm Christian Blatt. Joined so you're as still not always. wearing pants. That hasn't changed. No, I mean, let's not, let's not be crazy. Uh, also not wearing pants. Tamara Brown. Enjoying a beverage of some kind, not expecting to be called upon first. Uh, Scott Moore, who apparently had a beard last week. I just thought you grew it since last week. Uh, and making her triumphant. And a clip-on collar, I was going to say. Yeah, see, that's smart. And making her triumphant return, the wonderful Chelsea Galicia. How are you? Hello there. I am so glad to be back. I've got so much to share. Well, that's it. We're out of time. I'm sorry, Chelsea, but uh, thanks for coming <laughs> that's in. That's what it feels like most weeks. I'm like, no, there's no. So well, yeah, we do. Say. We do always run out, and uh, so much to talk about. And, and uh, I guess we can start with something that I know uh, Chelsea is itching to talk about, but we all, I'm sure, have uh, strong opinions about. I mean, there's the there's this liberate movement that uh, there were a lot of uh, events over the weekend. Uh, you can you can call them protests. Other people characterize them with a, with a different terminology. Uh, some of them seem sporadic. Some of them uh, take place outside of a Baskin Robbins where the the uh, protesters are holding actual ice cream cones. So, you know, maybe it's hard to take some of them seriously. But uh, the <laughs> the worst part of it, I would say, is the fact that. Uh, you know, President Trump found it within his rights, uh, you know, to tweet out liberate a few states. And I feel like if he really felt that way, maybe he would have uh, suggested they liberate some states with Republican governors. But, uh, you know, uh, that's, uh, the, you know, that that's, I guess, not in the cards. Uh, so, Chelsea, because I know you have a lot to say, I'm going to cycle through uh, Scott and Tamara first, but then we will let you have the floor. Uh, Scott, uh, your thoughts on uh, this? Look, I get it. I, you know, I mean, I'm joking about not wanting to go to the studio. Look, I, I would, I'd love to be able to, you know, walk around in a park. I'd be, I'd love to be able to, more than anything, I would love to be able to drop my kids off at their daycare. That's, you know what? <laughs> if I had to go back inside for the rest of the day, that would be fine. You could keep everything else closed. But look, people, people are tired of being in. And look, I, I do also understand there are some states where they feel like look, why, why are, why are we still locked up? I mean, whether it's 
wrong or not, it, it, you know, the numbers aren't the same across the country. You know, uh, New York isn't everywhere. Southern California isn't everywhere. There's still some very credible reasons for everybody to stay inside. But I do get where it starts from like, yeah, I've, I, I've just really had enough of this. I, but uh, just your general Scott, uh, your general Scott's thought and your general <laughs> thoughts, Scott. <laughs> Well, you know, again, it's it's uh, Trump's MO, right? It's part of his playbook to go ahead and and uh, be like, yes, you know, the federal government is saying, and my own the scientists and our government are saying, you know, need to continue to physically social distance and everything. But then he's going to turn around and rile up his base in democratic states and call it democratic. You know, these are all democratic states they called out, or, or states with democratic governors. So, you know, it's just part of his his little playbook there of thinking, you know, he can. On one hand, tell people, um, you know, federal government, no, you, you really should social distance. On the other hand, you get um, people riled up and, and go after Democratic governors. And also, just like we were talking about last week, it's him talking about how he had this uh, total authority, right? And saying, oh, only I can decide when uh, everybody can reopen. And then, which he can't, honestly, but then putting it back on the governor. So now he can blame governors, which I think we've talked about before is all part of his plan. So if, if things don't work, out well or uh cases spike again when things are reopened again he's just gonna blame the governors he's not gonna blame himself so just part of his mo sure uh tamara what are your thoughts now are we talking about i think i missed this liberate tweet are we talking about tennessee texas georgia and south carolina no i mean that that that's a part of it because i think you have a little bit of a cause and effect there but these are the the liberate is really the demonstrations you know president trump treat tweeting out liberate michigan for example Right, right, you know, where the demonstrations are being held. Yeah, states where he doesn't like the governor uh, are the ones where he was uh, quick to tweet it out. So basically the idea of, you know, these thousand people or more, like it happened in Pennsylvania yesterday, you're having people uh, either either descend on state capitals or in some cases they just uh, drive around honking their horns or as I, I referenced uh the liberate Baskin Robbins movement is a very important thing. It is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, I, I think if Baskin Robbins close, I might start protesting. But so it's more the general, the people who are, you know, by the way, like we have the-, the Who are the, inconvenienced. The, yeah, we have the that's, freedom that's, of assembly, but also we're supposed to not gather in groups of a thousand for any reason right now. But to the people who are doing it, they say that's kind of the point. So just your general thoughts on the, the it's, protesting. It's pretty amazing that the level of somebody's uh, inclination towards nobody's going to tell me what to do. This is about, I, I can't, I guess- I can't think of a more extreme scenario of more a more dire reason to to do what you don't want to do for the safety of of the mass the great amount of people like just 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 for being inconvenienced choosing uh, to put other people at risk and you know in more rural areas I can see I can see how you don't you you don't understand the gravity of the situation when you live in a place where maybe your hospitals aren't so overwhelmed so maybe it doesn't seem like that big of a deal to you so to to be in that community but also have the level of mistrust of the media so that when they mention how all of the places that are overwhelmed and you just choose not to believe it in order to keep living your life the way that you want to it's just 
Um, it's just an unbelievable level of selfishness, I guess. And um, USA, USA, I guess that's the American way. Well, there, there is this sentiment of, uh, hey, nobody's going to tell me to stay healthy. You know, there, it, there's, a, there's an old joke, which is, hey, man, no square is going to tell James Dean which side of the road to drive on. You know, and it sort of it made me think of that, basically. It's like, yeah, they're, they're, the rules are in place, but, uh, you know, they shouldn't uh, apply to me. And I think there are fundal, fundamental issues where I, I can understand people being concerned about their so rights where, being where, violated. Where's the line drawn? I don't like wearing a seatbelt. A lot of people don't like wearing a seatbelt, but we do it because that's the law and it's for the greater good. So why, I bet the people protesting probably wear seatbelts. So where is the line between don't tell me what to do and yes, I will follow this law. You know, well, if you were the people who were, uh, who were assembling, I, I feel like if their seatbelt broke in their car, they probably installed their own rope seatbelt. But I do, I do understand your point. Uh, just the, but uh, before uh, we, we turn it over to Chelsea, there is, you know, there are fundamental issues being raised sort of not so much by the signs they're holding up with their hand that doesn't have an ice cream cone in it. There are, you know, there are real concerns about our rights, especially when it comes to like, oh, you know, we want to do this. We want to like track you on your cell phone if you, if you have it or if you tell, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I think they're actually not basically uh you know organizing over right now it's over the economy and the fact that you know why is bass pro shops not open now uh so chelsea your thoughts on on all of this okay so i'm really excited to talk about this because i haven't really had any of my political friends to talk about this with so i'm really looking for your reactions scott tamara and christian even if you look at me with like what the hell is she talking about at least that's some feedback to me um because i've been trying to um, think this through about how this makes sense and kind of in response to Tamra's inquiry about where is the line of like, yeah, we'll do the seatbelts, but we won't do this. What's the line? And I think the line is it's a little bit of an explanation. People too strongly, I believe, identify themselves as their job. They are their career. Their worth is their work. And when you mess with somebody's identity, that's the line that people will not tolerate. What we need to do rather than just everybody go back and rush back to work so that they can maintain their identity of, you know, I am of this person who makes this much money, who enjoys this kind of lifestyle, is to realize that we're actually none of those things. Um, it, even for people like me who've spent, like, took me... I was 25 years old when I graduated law school and became a lawyer. You know, for so long you worked to that. So now the last 11 years I've been a lawyer. And so if somebody took that away from me, if I was really clinging to my identity as my profession, then that would be really devastating to me. But if I could just realize that I'm still got the same worth, the same value without the title, the privileges that come along with that job, I would still be okay. But I think because the drive in America is for you to just make, 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 and buy, buy, buy. We have no other identity. Yes, maybe it's mother, daughter, sister, brother. We have that kind of friend, kind of. But I would think if you look at you know, a pie chart of where our identity is constructed, a huge majority of it is derived from our career, and it's unhealthy, I think, to be it 
so much from our, our, our career. And that's why people I think are going crazy because it's who am I that I can't work? Who am I that I can't make money? Who am I that I am not right now? Insert job title here. So I think on a personal level, that's what some people are very uncomfortable about and why the rush to return to work. You know, and I have heard, you know, I, I listened to some of the interviews with the protesters. I remember one saying, I, I, I don't want a government handout. And I think the reason people say that is that, look, most of us would prefer to work rather than receive money from the government. But the people who are like, I don't want a government handout are those people who looked down on others who did, who judged them, who thought they were less than. And now that they are in the position to need some help, they just cannot tolerate that they you know, are, are down on that level that they look so far down on. And I think it's humbling to people to realize that we all need help. And I know it's the American spirit and the American way to be independent. That's our culture. That's how we got started. But it, to a, a, to a degree, it's in violation of human nature. Human nature is social. We are social animals and you can't get away from that and people, when they're confronted with that, really don't like it. They like to think, I'm independent. I make my own way. I can do what I want. I can have what I say. It's all about them. So our narcissism runs up against the times when we're forced to see that we are just, you know, we are, you know, waves in the ocean. We are part of something bigger than ourselves. But I think the movement, if, if we can even call it a movement, I don't even know. I think that's maybe giving it a little bit too much credibility to call it an actual movement. But if there was a movement, I don't think it's really a grassroots movement. I, I believe that it's being stoked by the people that benefit most from our GDP being the highest in the world and that we GDP is 70% consumer spending. So that means that what we make and what we buy, what we buy is, is basically the economy. So if we stop buying and our GDP falls, who are we without being the world's number one dominating GDP? As a nation, we would face a crisis. So I think we don't go back to uh, open the economy just so that we can maintain our status as you know, the top dog on the GDP we actually take it as an opportunity to say, you know what, GDP by itself to measure our economy is a dumb move. Where else in our lives do we only care about quantity and nothing about quality? GDP measures output, consumption, amount, number, nothing about the quality of the goods, the services that we create, that we buy, the quality of the lives that the users, the consumers, the producer, suppliers, nothing. Are we really that, that simple that we can't have a more nuanced, a more multifactorial way of measuring our success as an economy, as a country? And I, I think not wanting to face these kinds of questions by the people that benefit most from the system as it currently exists is why we're seeing this movement. So, and rant. Well, I, yeah, and I think that there's, you know, the idea that some of the specific, you know, gatherings are organized by specific groups, and you have to kind of, you know, trace back, like, well, what does that group actually stand for? Uh, I think that the the most compelling argument in favor of it is, you know, yes, people who 
don't want to take the government handout. But then there's also the people where $1,200 or, you know, if you're a family of four, like I am $3,400, you know, is, is going to be good for a little while, but it's a one-time payment. So I can understand people who are just like, look, I just want to get back to work and not just my industry, but all, yeah, I don't mean me personally, this would be somebody's belief. The industry that they're a part of is fed upon. Like if you're in the service industry, well, that reopens great. But if other industries aren't open, then you know there's no one going into your restaurants or gyms or movie theaters or whatever. So I think that that's a valid point that I'm not hearing. I'm not hearing people say like, look, I wanna work again and we're all really worried. And I think the infuriating thing is for people like that, that aren't being told, when and there's a there's a very good reason you're not being told when is because we don't know so if you you know we're starting to hear things like uh, you know in in boston i was literally just reading that i think uh, daycare facilities will be closed till june 29th it's a long ways off but if you start to have numbers like that and it's like well everybody you have to stay until june 29th you have a lot of people who are going to be really upset but you have people that are like okay well now i know and i can at least approach this and then the problem, sure. of course, becomes we keep getting these incremental deadlines. You know, I mean, yes. we I mean, we this... we went from from May first to May fifteenth here in California, like that. You know, yes. So, but this is, and this ahead. is another good point about human nature. Human nature, to a to a degree, likes certainty. We also like a little bit of uncertainty. Otherwise, life would be boring. But the level of certainty that some people need is unhealthy. It just d- defies nature. Nature is not certain. And so instead of like getting pissed off, I need something more certain. It's just like, well, I need to chill the F out and let go of my need for certainty because your need for certainty and control was always an illusion. This is when you have to confront it. So I see that this is like a personal crisis for people, but I don't think we should be giving into it to let people out of facing these things. There is no... There's no dire reason to get us back to work. We could have spent less money on this PPP program that really gave away way too much to big businesses. I didn't get anything. Most of my, I'm talking to my lawyer friends that have their own firms. And well, yeah, I, firms. I think before we get to, to that as well, uh, I wanted to give uh, Scott and Tamara a chance to sort of respond to what we've been talking about the last couple of minutes. Uh, Scott, I'll ask you first, sort of uh, the, these points that uh, Chelsea's making, uh, you know, and that's sort of the the big, the macro level of professionally. And then, you know, I'm just sort of thinking more about people who just, they, they, they don't just want to work. They like physically need to work if they're going to survive. What does that mean? They physically need to work. You need to work because you need the income to come in, not because yeah, you want to that, go feel productive. So the money's yeah, but, not coming in. The $3,400 for most people, for some people, it's 1200 So You're, let's fix that. That $1,200 is probably gone. So you so, need to work. So they want to. Zero. Okay. Well, yeah, but I mean, they want to work, but that, that that doesn't mean that they they're saying like open it before it's too early. They want to understand when am I going to be able to eat again? Because you know it's you 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 know there there was this uh, picture circulating over the weekend that between two really ritzy Miami hotels was this like miles and miles long food line of people in their cars just waiting to get you know at, at food from a food bank. So. There's but the big have, picture. What you're talking about, Chelsea, is great. There are a lot of people that you can put all these things in place. There's people that right now don't have money. They've already but, used their $1,200 because here's the thing: you know, farmers you go to the, are throwing away food, milk. It's all going to waste, and it's not because there's not enough food that people aren't eating. It's because of a supply chain problem. Because all of these uh, crops and stuff that were being uh, 
raised, we're being sent to restaurants. And now that restaurants don't need them, they don't know what to do. So if the government can help shift that farmers can send this stuff to either directly to people or to cities, then things like this would be solved. It's not a, I need to work problem. It's a, it's a getting money to where it needs to go and it's getting food to where it needs to go, which are government functions or they should be, but we've spent a long time trying to discredit government and root it out so that it's not there when we need it to do something like this. Yeah, I think our government doesn't function on so many levels that it's a lot quicker to put people back to work than to figure out all the different problems with it. Now, we can put a pin in that. uh, But uh, Scott, I wanted to let you weigh in. Well, I I do get uh, where Chelsea's coming from and the fact that uh, just going back to the very beginning about people's identities. I mean, when you go out and meet people, what is like the first thing people ask? Oh, what do you do? What do you do for a living? Um, um, and, and there is something that is so entrenched, and, and that's why you have times when people are retiring too. They don't know what to do when they retire because of like, well, now who am I? I was, you know, a, a professor for thirty years at this, or I was a, you know, you're, you are so tied into that. So I understand that part of it, and I understand the GDP part of it. That seventy percent of our economy is based on people spending money, and that's why this economic recovery is going to be much slower than the recovery from this virus because a lot of people are going to be uh, nervous about going out in the crowds, that they're going to be nervous about spending money um, because they've now lost their jobs for the past couple of weeks and they're now having to pay bills. Uh, now, you know, we're coming up to a new month again in two weeks, May 1st, and it's going to be time to uh, pay the mortgage and the rent again. And so a lot of people are struggling. Um, but I think it really comes down to what Tamara was saying as far as, well, first of all, I think a lot of the protesters were being funded and supported by people like the, the rich millionaires and people that want their uh, people to go back to work so that they can sit on top of their money. Um, that's a whole other thing. But I do think the the main bulk of it is like Tamara was saying, is like, don't tread on me. These are, these are my rights. Um, and people are feeling like I should have a right here in America to go out and, and shop whenever I want and do whatever I want. Um, you know, and you can't tell me that I can't go. And, and there is a fine line. I've seen a lot of discussion online with people saying, where is this the, you know, where the government is now using this to control rights? And it's a fine line. Are they controlling rights for their own safety and welfare of the community? Or is it now becoming more of a controlling people? And this is where you start going down the rabbit hole. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but that's where some of the people's concerns are, is that the government is now using this to strip rights little by little by little, and then deciding when they can, you know, come back. And so they're using it not for health to now um, restrict people, control people. So it is a fine line. And there's a, a, there's a few people that I saw discussing it. And most people are saying, no, the government is doing this to protect you, not to, you know, strip away rights. But it's a fine line. So I see both sides of, I, I understand where Chelsea's coming from. And I think we are connected to our jobs in the, in the economy. But on, on, the, on the short term, people do need to work because, you know, there's that same thing, which is insane to me, uh, that you hear all the time, that people don't even have $400 to be able to cover emergencies. Um, that's how bad it is. And that's a bigger issue with the government and everything that that's, we've talked about on this podcast for months. You know, this has started 40, 50 years ago with this thing with government and stripping away people's uh, ability to unionize and having good, comfortable middle class jobs. And that's just continued to whittle down through the years. And now people are barely making ends meet. So something like this, m- missing a paycheck or two, and they're in really serious trouble if they can't even cover a $400 emergency. So that's where there's a lot of different issues that are uh, coming together right now. People literally have no money. 
and you don't have a government that's able to stabilize people's money right now. So people do need to work. And then you also have people that are just, you know, feeling like they, their rights are being stripped away from them and that they should be able to go to the movies when they want and go to the gym and go shop at Banana Republic or whatever they're doing, you know, but, on a daily basis. Don't, we don't have a right to do that anyway. If those companies cho chose to shut down, the government can't force them to be open. We can't force a gym to be open, you know. So this, this thing that this has to do with your rights yeah, well, is silly to me. Well, no, but the government can force them to be closed. And that's what's happening. The government can say you cannot open right now because of, you know, it's an emergency situation. I, I think the, so the leeriness. They can tell them to close. Yeah. The, the reason I think there's such mistrust in like, oh, the government is slowly but surely eating away mm -hmm. at my rights is because of the feeling that we've had increasing over the last 30 years that government is less and less responsive to me. They are, I don't have any sense of uh, control or that I am a part of the government. The government is some big thing out there. And it kind of is. It's a big thing out there owned by people that most of us are not a part of. And it's, uh, as I always come back to, it's the money and politics issue. If that were not at play and you and I had a sense that the government was responsive to us, that we had a say that what we thought and what we felt, what we believed showed up in our government, we wouldn't be all freaking out that they're coming here to strip away our rights. But because it's some external, big, huge, large entity that we have nothing to do with is why people are afraid of it. But uh, Tamara, before I uh, turn this over to you, I wanted to uh, sort of piggyback on something that Scott said is, look, this idea of like the government is doing this for good reasons, the, the idea that they want to monitor people who, you know, this this plan of having, you know, apps or, you know, in some countries they're using bracelets just to monitor people who have it so they know where they are. And it's like, yeah, that first well-intentioned step is great. And then it's like, what about the other plans that are somewhere deeper in the government? And I'm not even talking about the deep state. I'm talking about like, yeah, that's great. We have this. You know, this would really be a great time to do some of this other stuff that, you know, maybe isn't uh, isn't as much on the up and up. But uh, Tamara, uh, sort of a, a lot of this idea going around about people's need to work sort of as as identity, but also in terms of, as as Scott and I were pointing out, paying the rent and, you know, look, your car insurance is giving you a, a discount because you're not driving that much. You still have to pay it, you know? So there's, there's still a lot of bills that are, are going to come due in you know, not even two weeks. So uh, just sort of your thoughts on all this, Tamara. I think, you know, we, we all have a lot more downtime than usual right now. And I would hope that it's encouraging a lot of introspection about a lot of things about why the environment is improving right now. And, what do we really need in our essential day-to-day -day lives? And um, one of the things that Chelsea mentioned, which is a good point, is that a lot of the protesters are probably people who have always looked down at those receiving a government handout, and now they are themselves in a position where they have to accept the government handout. And if they were introspective, I would hope that that would encourage them to think like, hey, I would prefer to work to receive a government handout. Maybe those who are receiving a government handout would also prefer to work and earn a living and, and make their own way rather than receive a government handout. Maybe they aren't just uh, lazy and irresponsible. Maybe my opinion of government handouts uh, should change. Um, that's what I would hope um, might, might happen. Somebody might start to look at things from a different angle probably not 
happening to the masses, but that would be nice if these types of things would start, you know, once you're put in a position that you haven't usually been put in, shows you a different perspective. Like I, I would like to think that a lot of things will change for the better when we come out of this. And if I were an optimistic person, maybe that's one of the things that I would hope would be changed is that the perception of, of the, the people that look down upon the welfare system, maybe they might think of it a little differently after all of this. I mean, yeah, you hope, you, you definitely hope that uh, this leads to at least a better understanding. You know, we've seen all these pictures of uh, cities like Los Angeles, but also around the world of just how much cleaner the air is. And then it's like, well, see, this is what everybody tries to tell you. And now you can actually see it. I mean, I saw... Uh, somewhere in India, and it, it's just crazy what a, you know the the amount of difference. I mean, yes, the the air is not great here in Los Angeles, but it's just like the there's like a picture that's like brown from a couple months ago, and then it's like a beautiful blue sky day. Uh, so uh, I wanted to sort of shift a little bit to this uh, the fact that as we alluded to, there are a few states that are opening, uh, you know, and there's this sort of this three tiered plan which you can find fault with, but I think the idea of doing it in stages is absolutely absolutely the way to do it. You know, it's not just like, all right, well, tomorrow, everything's going to be open. Baseball season's going to start again. Movie theaters are open. We're going to have concerts, yeah, you know, so you, like, go ahead. Do you agree with the, the, uh, the steps? Yes. But step number one in Georgia is bowling alleys. No, like no, 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 no. That, that, that I, I hadn't gotten there yet. So the idea of the steps in the plan is like, yes, that's right. And then you have, you, I, I feel like it's the most clear-cut example of uh, lobbying because do gyms really need to be open, and if you it, you don't need to to look very far to see uh, one huge gym in particular, gym chain, Twenty uh, Four Hour Fitness is in a lot of trouble, and they're probably going to have to if this goes on longer, they're going to have to file for bank bankruptcy because they're a mid-range gym that's like forty-five dollars when you have planet fitness that's like 10 and then you have equinox which is even more expensive but it's like yeah but look we're gonna get you what you pay for so i feel like when i saw gyms on that list i'm like i'd just been reading earlier in the day about that industry so yeah there's a, and, and one of them being movie theaters and i'm like well that seems like one of the worst things to open i mean look the way the movie the theaters are now where the the seats are actually really far apart and you sell half of them i don't think for right now but i'm like yeah reopening them at some point selling movie theaters at half capacity, uh, you know, and uh, just expect people to keep their masks on and not buy any snacks. But anyway, I, I think the first one that I saw was Texas. And then I was like, oh my God, this is, this is such a, a stupid, terrible thing. And when I read about what Texas was doing, I'm like, well, they're trying to be very responsible. It's like stores are open, but you still have to order online and pick it up curbside. I'm like, all right, so you can't go into the store. That's very responsible. I feel like Georgia, it's just like, yeah, whatever. You know, uh, you want to get a haircut? Go ahead. Yeah, you can get a haircut. Tattoo? Well, you need a tattoo. That's well, an essential thing. I mean, you know, it depends. I, this was going to be the month I got a face tattoo finally. And uh, I've had to wait. So, yeah. But I mean, I think that the the Georgia... So, I don't know. I, mean, look, I, I don't... Yeah, you're right. Like, I'll just get a beard uh, tattoo. So, I don't know the... <laughs> I don't know the ins and outs exactly of all them, but I feel like Texas, it's a much more responsible approach. And Georgia, you just throw your hands up and you go like, what are they doing? And they also announced like, yeah, yeah. So like next week, they're like- No, this Friday. No, Friday. Yeah, yeah, it's this Friday. And then I think there's a little bit more that happens on On Monday, Monday. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it starts on Friday. And 
you're just like, oh, I, I feel like that's a problem. And then Tennessee and I believe South Carolina are like, oh, well, I mean, if, if George is- Hold my open, beer. <laughs> yeah. And the, of course, the infuriating thing for people in that state is the, the mayor of Atlanta is like, I would have loved a heads up that you were, you were going to say this because, uh, you know, I mean- it Atlanta's not New York in a lot of ways, uh, but it's it's you know the most densely populated part of that state, and I think if any anywhere should be concerned, it, it would be it would be Atlanta. So you know I, I don't really even know- want to see who is funding Georgia's governor, who got him elected, and we'll probably see wow. it was tattoo parlors, movie theaters, gyms. And- and according to uh, Alex Jones, it's also the lizard people, uh, which, uh, you know, which, by the way, is the most believable thing that Alex Jones ever says is that there's lizard, lizard people running our government. Christian, the only person still uh, hanging on to Alex Jones every word. Well, he was, he was a big supporter of the Liberate movement. So uh, apparently there were a lot of other people who were paying attention. Uh, but in any case, uh, I wanted to kind of uh, ask each of you, uh, you know, sort of, the what you're hearing about these states that that are reopening uh and like i said i don't know the ins and outs of them but when i read about texas i felt like okay i hope that that goes well for people in texas and then when i read the one for georgia i'm like i mean it'd be great if that went well but i can't imagine uh that it will uh i'll ask you first tamara how will it how will it go what do you think about as you hear about these these plans you know and and there's not really consistent like these things will open everywhere that starts to reopen I mean, these these four states, South Carolina, Georgia, those are states with some of the highest obesity rates in the country. And as we've heard over the last couple of weeks, people who have diabetes, um, obesity, those are some of the most people people most susceptible to um, to getting sick from COVID-19. So it's it's like this is. Probably if four states were going to uh, defy what makes sense for the rest of the country these would probably be the worst four states maybe mississippi and alabama also but like this it's what i'm saying is it ain't gonna be pretty yeah and and look by the way i i would love for i'd love for you to be wrong and for the 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 gut reaction that i had and be like you know what yeah there there were still people that got sick but it actually went better than i expected but just the expectation just i don't know the the irresponsibility of it and it's like look the rush of uh, 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 the rush to reopen the economy, whatever exactly that means, is it, I, I understand that concern too, where that's coming from. But it, at the same time, it's just like, uh, the, the, you know, it's like they're tripping over each other to try and do it. Scott, what do you think about uh, what you're hearing about these <clears throat> these states? And look, I I feel like next week you're going to hear some more states that are that are ready to follow it, follow along with this. Yeah, I, I tweeted to to Brian Kemp on on Twitter yesterday, basically saying, "Is he on the road to being the most stupid? You know, are we are we trying to be on the race here to who can be the most stupid state? Um, you know, and I feel bad for Georgia residents because now they're going to essentially be guinea pigs for the rest of the country to see, you know, how the spread of uh, this virus happens now uh, with people kind of going back out there so quickly. And I do agree. I think a lot of states next week are going to quickly ramp up because the federal government, I think, is still pretty stuck on you know, April 30th being the end of their, their deadline, which is next Thursday. Um, it's a fascinating read. I, I've read last week about uh, what different states consider essential businesses and what's not. And it's, it's really a fascinating thing. And I think, like you said, 
it goes back to who's who are the lobbyists who are who, who are the people that are getting out there to make these uh, considered essential businesses um you know like even here in california with you know pot is considered essential but in other states that have recreational marijuana um it is considered not um you look at florida and wrestling is considered an essential business uh, so they can air it on tv um so it is really fascinating to see what states consider essential and non-essential and that also again is like who are the type of workers that are dealing with being considered essential workers besides nurses and medical professionals it's a lot of people with with those low-wage jobs that are working and feeling they're not getting protection being delivery drivers and being at the grocery store and the pharmacy um so it is a very fascinating uh kind of look um at each state and and what works and what doesn't but yeah i i think just completely trying to rush to be the first one to go back as of this friday um, is is a recipe for disaster without some really good clear-cut um, organization onto what you're releasing. Like we talked about, there should be tiers. You can't just flip on the light switch tomorrow and say everything's going back to normal because that's not the way the virus works. You've got to slowly reintegrate. But um, it's going to be a sad but interesting uh, science experiment now to see uh, some of these states opening quickly to see how it affects their, their overall numbers. Uh, Chelsea, before I let you have the last word on this, I just wanted to get a comment from the chat. Uh, Craig Robinson, who says it's his uh, first time viewing uh, this show. Thank you, Craig. Uh, do we think places should start opening that aren't so essential? He's asking the same question, basically. What's the rush? Uh, there's, you know, there's not, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of good coming out of people just not even doing curbside pickup because to borrow something that Scott said earlier, because it's like, oh, well, Banana Republic's open. Why don't I just go and uh, have somebody bring it to my car? Uh, and Craig ultimately makes the point that people's lives should be the priority instead of getting back to using quotes normal. All right, mm -hmm. Chelsea, uh, sort of uh, synthesizing all of this that we've been talking about. Yeah, well, I, I just, in, in response to that comment, I say, yes, I think that there's part of the reason that people want to go back to shopping is because we have, for better or worse, an addiction to overspending, to buying things uh, more than we actually need. And I think uh, there are people that don't want us to break that addiction. Can you imagine if all of us realize, you know what, I actually don't need that much stuff to survive and to be happy. I'm pretty content with this level of stuff now. That would be another reason the GDP would tank. And it's another reason, I think, to change the uh, measurement of GDP. But getting back to the reopening thing, um, as much as Trump wants to say that we have testing and testing available, and I've seen people on Facebook say, yeah, I got to test real easily. When I spoke to one of my best friends who is a nurse midwife at a hospital here in LA, she says that, that she is not being tested at work. I had to go tell her about, oh, well, these are public ones that you can get a test at. Um, but she, as a, as a healthcare worker in a hospital, should be have provided at least one test by now. Uh, and it would be good that, you know, if a, if a worker, healthcare worker could be tested, I don't know, every couple of weeks. Um, but we, we, the reality is that we don't have the testing. I don't think any state has the testing. So there is going to be a second peak in these um, places, in these uh, states that open that uh, don't have the proper testing in place. Or in, and, and the uh, antibody tests aren't even um, accurate as of now. Like, I think not until there are antibody tests available and accessible, that's that's when things- And we don't even have any therapeutic, any therapeutic medication that's gonna help alleviate the symptoms. I just saw very briefly before we went on that a study showed that hydrochloroquine 
does not work. So, you know, I, I just, yeah, there, I mean, I, I think that they've done it. studies where it uh, doesn't uh, help some people. And I think that there are people with cases that it, it has helped some of what those symptoms are, but then the symptoms are so different. Um, but uh, we have like two minutes left. And this basically comes from that same idea of the government trying to see how far they can get. It's like, well, let's go with this and then try to go for the overreach. So it's a, Wait, it's a what? very- Who's trying to overreach? Settle down. It's a big idea to try and talk about in two minutes, but this idea that President Trump wants to close off immigration is like, because the immediate question is, okay, if you do that, when exactly are you planning on reopening it? Because I can see that as a public health issue, look for us, but also somebody coming into this country, it's like, you know what, let's just kind of let these numbers work itself out. So uh, I, I, I think that there's, some, there's a conversation to be had about that. You know, I don't even know that people should be traveling between states or you know, any of the level of travel that's happening. Mm-hmm. I, I don't quite, I mean, I still see airplanes fly overhead a couple times a day and I'm like, well, who's flying? And they're commercial airlines. You know, it's not like, oh, that must be medical personnel flying up to Washington state where they can help. No, it's like, well, there goes a, there goes a, there goes a Southwest airplane. You know, and I'm like, well, who's on it and where are they going and why are they being allowed to go? So, again, bigger issue. I'm sure we'll be able to talk about it next week. Uh, so I wanted to, unfortunately, get about 30 seconds from everyone. Uh, what your reaction was when you heard that President Trump said, yeah, I want to I want to shut down immigration. Uh, I'll ask you first, Scott. Uh, first of all, I think it's it's. There's, there's really no words. I mean, it's like on one hand, he wants to reopen the economy, but on the other hand, he's saying, oh, we can't let um, um, immigrants come through. I mean, so which is it? You, it's sort of like he wants to have it both ways. And like I said, to me, it's just another uh, whistle to his base because he sees that his support is cratering um, and, and he's concerned about even his base um, not having work. And again, I just look at this as just another uh, way of just being able to go after the base rather than doing something that's actually in the best interest of the country. Um, and this, he does this all the time. It's like, um, you know, one hand do this, but then the other hand is saying do that. Um, and I just found another disgusting um, way of, of scapegoating a, a group of people um, that he feels are powerless to be able to work his own gain of getting voters back from his base to make sure that they go out and vote for him re-election. And sadly, that's all I look at it as. Not not anything to do with what's best for this country, but what's best for Donald Trump. And that's it. Uh, Tamara, shutting yeah. down the uh, borders. What are your thoughts? Well, because it makes, it makes no, he just said not shutting down the borders, but just immigration because you could still, that's a thing, like people yeah. going back and forth who- By the way, Canada not, doesn't it, want us coming over. Canada is <laughs> not interested in non-essential Americans. They've, that's uh, they've let us know that. So that's uh, yeah. They don't want Seth Rogen back. They, it's, it's, it's like, it's not going to curb any sort of travel in between these countries. It's just specifically, we don't want immigrants here. That's all it is. Uh, do you agree, Chelsea, your thoughts as we- uh, I, I totally- I totally agree with what uh, you were saying. I mean, I, I can understand that it, it immigration, whether it's international or just migrating between states, is not a good idea right now. It's not necessary unless we are moving around essential workers that, you know, healthcare workers that are, are needed in different regions. But besides that, I can't see any good reason to have 
any movement uh, of people for now, but I am very concerned about when he decides that it is safe to allow uh, immigration again. That is the most worrisome part. Uh, November 4th, if I had to guess. Uh, that That's probably what he's got circled as to whether or not uh, it'll be okay. Anyway, unfortunately, we are out of time. There was so much more to talk about, but this is uh, all the time we have. But here, here's the thing. We're all going to be here next week. So uh, we're not really going anywhere. Uh, and uh, we will uh, talk to you next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Until then, where can people keep in touch with you, Chelsea Galicia? Um, my political uh, combos are reserved for Twitter at Chelsea Galicia. And Tamara Brown. Find me on Instagram at Hey Tamara. And Scott Moore getting into fights with Mitch McConnell. Who knows who else? Where can people see that? <laughs> That's right. That's right. What Chelsea said, all the political stuff is there at SMAN80 on Twitter, SMAN80. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. And this Thursday for a little bit of a more lighthearted conversation over on Popcorn Talk at the same time, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Marvel movie news and, uh, you know, news that uh, might actually make you smile instead of what we talk about here. But that is all the time we have. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks to Ryan in Mission Control. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.